Welcome to Federal Insights for May, generating more value for your data. Sponsored by Commvault and NetApp on Federal News Network. The Army is becoming a more data-driven organization across all of its domains, from the Pentagon policy offices to brigades operating in austere environments. For insight into its data strategy, I spoke with three Army officials, Lieutenant General Bruce Crawford, the Army Chief Information Officer, Greg Garcia, the Deputy CIO and Army Chief Data Officer, and Paul Puckett, Director of the Army's Enterprise Cloud Management Office. We started with the big picture as described by Crawford. There's an in order to, an operational imperative that's associated with what the Army plans to do with its data and migrating it, and the associated uh, move to the cloud. Uh, I think one of the things that you'll see as you have this conversation with us today is that one of the things that separates the work that we're doing uh, from past work with respect to our, our migration of our data to a cloud hosting environment is, is there is an operational imperative that's associated with that data migration. And so we'll talk about that. And so in terms of where the Army's going, uh, what I'll tell you is the Army, especially in this COVID environment, uh, and as we move to talk about new normal, uh, the Army's got uh, four stated goals and objectives. And I think the reason I mentioned these, because it sheds light on some of the things you're going to hear with respect to data and cloud. And so first and foremost, it's about protecting the force. As you well know, uh, given the uh, integration and significant and rapid adoption of, uh, of technology, especially over the last 120 days or so uh, that we've been dealing with this environment, a big part of protecting the force is our ability to protect our data and secure our data. And so it's protecting the force. Uh, obviously, uh, the second one is maintaining readiness. I think you probably remember is New Year's Eve, uh, the Army was called upon to rapidly spin up a brigade combat team and deploy it from Fort Bragg, North Carolina, uh, all the way to, to Southwest Asia. So we re recognize the, the need to uh, maintain readiness. And then there's uh, the third one, which is supporting uh, the whole of nation effort. Uh, you know, a part of who we are, obviously we work for the American people, so a big part of what we do in the Army is making sure in this particular case, that we are supporting the whole-of-nation effort, and that's uh, uh, support uh, to uh, other uh, civil defense authorities. And then the last one that we can't lose track of, you know, and I know you've been tracking the Army very closely uh, with respect to building a future Army and the big investments that the Army has placed on those six modernization priorities in the 31 signature programs that are associated with building the Army of 2028 that's going to be able to compete below the level of armed conflict, uh, armed conflict and fight and win in a multi-domain and joint all-domain environment. The thing that we cannot lose track of is the operational imperative uh, as called out in the national defense strategy that drives our thinking and, more importantly, our near-term actions when it comes to the data and cloud uh, uh, evolutions and the work that we're doing. So I'll, I'll stop there. And, uh, and I'll turn it over to Mr. Garcia and Mr. Puckett. I wanted to make sure that it's not lost on the audience, that there is an operational imperative that's a, that uh, is the underpinning uh, and the guiding light, almost a North Star with respect uh, to our data and our cloud migration efforts. Next, Army Deputy CIO Greg Garcia got into more detail about the Army's approach to data. Tom, in, in regards to our Army data strategy, it's really been an exciting uh, six, seven months 
one of the things that General Crawford did is to, to really give credence to the chief data officer by uh, allowing me to lead the Army and as the chief data officer since uh, mid-late last year. And what we did is immediately uh, partner with our, again, the mission imperative about the national defense strategy. And really the goal is to rapidly transition the Army from the industrial age to the information age where Army is leveraging data as a strategic asset because we really believe data is the ammunition of the future fight. So we need to make our data more available and uh, really the bedrock of how mission decisions are made. So how do we go about doing that? So we publish an Army data plan in November and immediately follow that with an execution order that reached across the Army in total. The phases were to look and assess and set the environment. Where are we today? How do we adapt and build the environment was the second phase. Third phase is operationalize that environment and then to maintain that environment in the fourth phase. The big three things we looked at is talent and culture. You know, do we have the talent? Do we have the culture to manage data as a strategic asset? governance and the administration of that vision, that direction from Army senior leaders, and again, the bedrock of data and architecture standardization. These are the pillars that we built uh, really great momentum on since November to specifically get after uh, making uh, informed decisions based upon data and exposing that data so we can uh, understand our posture, position, and progress to move the Army forward. The Army is a big organization, and it has many, many data sources for many, many submissions and many, many functions and domains. Is going along with the Army data plan, is there some kind of directory under that, some kind of dictionary, if you will, so that the operators across the Army can go to find what it is they might need for what it is they're trying to accomplish with data. Yes, sir. And that's exactly the point is how to make that data visible, accessible, understandable, while it's trusted, interoperable, and secure. So how we've organized in the Army is along four major mission areas, the warfighting mission area, the intel mission area, the business mission area, and the information enterprise mission area. And each one of these mission areas will have domains inside that mission area. And how we've organized this is there's myself as the chief data officer, and the mission area has an owner, and the mission area has a data officer. That mission area data officer, or as we affectionately call a MADO, is responsible for reaching down into the domains and establishing domain area data officers to manage an enterprise within the greater mission area. What we've tried to do is, one, talk about data requirements, and two, implement those requirements along data standards. Army Deputy CIO and Chief Data Officer Greg Garcia. We'll return to the discussion after this short break. I'm Tom Temin. Are you concerned about your data availability and being caught up in cyber attacks like ransomware? Rely on two industry leaders, Commvault and NetApp, who, together, can help you to protect and manage your data regardless of where it resides. 
The seamlessly integrated solutions from Commvault and NetApp make it easy to manage critical data workloads and assist you in your journey to the cloud in a simple and cost-effective way. Visit federalnewsnetwork.com, search data management to learn more. Welcome back to a discussion of the Army's data strategy with Lieutenant General Bruce Crawford, the Army Chief Information Officer, Greg Garcia, Deputy CIO and the Army Chief Data Officer, and Paul Puckett, Director of the Army's Enterprise Cloud Management Office. Next, we hear Garcia discuss details of the policy requirements. So one of the unique things that the Army leadership have done is to issue mandatory data service requirements that were implemented uh, we have 13 elements in there. Number one is cybersecurity. Data sources must be visible. Data sources must be cataloged. There must be discussion about how they're exchanged and they're mapped. There, there has to be data lifecycle management, to name a few of the, the top five requirements. From this, we're going to integrate these requirements into the architecture, acquisition, and operational process to ensure compliance with these requirements. What the Army data plan and what we'll highlight in the cloud plan is a series of a campaign of learning activities. These learning activities are going to specify mission threads that will tease through each of these warfighting business, uh, business or mission processes to expose the gaps and seams where we have these data deficiencies or gaps. Key ones that are currently really important to us are long-range precision fires, our COVID-19 response, our Army leadership dashboard called Vantage, our enterprise resource planning systems, Intel common data fabric, and for the information enterprise, a program called Gabriel Nimbus. All right, so that leads me to a question here. You mentioned yes, a weapons platform. You mentioned a national security sudden requirement because of the pandemic. There's a dashboard, ERP. What I'm in Intel Fabric, what I'm hearing is a multiplicity of data types and original data sources. And so that would seem to imply that part of your whole plan would need a really good, robust metadata management system to make sure that all of these things can eventually be made to talk to one another, and that starts with understanding what they are through metadata, correct? Yeah, exactly, and, and that's a great question because this is one of the things we address head-on. We actually have an enterprise data services catalog that was uh, piloted and prototyped in our business mission area that we have adopted as the Army Enterprise Data Service Catalog applicable to all four of the mission areas and their uh, corresponding domains. We're in the process right now of prototyping that across all four mission areas so we can see that metadata, what, what the format of data is, what the exchange requirements are, so we can, again, get through the learning process where we see where it works and the gaps that need to be addressed. Because ultimately the applications are what data are for, you know, in the ultimate sense and to be able to be available to applications, not only do you have to know the formats of the data, but there has to be some system or some fabric layer of making sure that all types of data might be usable for a given application. Yeah. So what I would suggest is we, applications are important, but it's really, in my humble opinion, more important about the mission outcome. 
what data you, do you need to improve your mission analysis and your mission outcome? That can be through a host of applications, or that could be done through moving your data to an analytic platform where you can apply machine learning or artificial intelligence to improve your processing speed and outcomes. So our focus is not only on systems and applications, as you mentioned, but also on the data itself, because that's where the value of uh, collection and cross-pollination brings better mission outcomes. Sure. And so let me ask a follow-on question there. And you mentioned the analytics, which many, many organizations are learning to do and do more efficiently. Do analytic processes in pursuit of some mission produce their own data output? And does that get somehow ingested into the bigger system so that someone can learn from someone else's learning? That's exactly right. And, and, and really have a two-step process for how we stage this data and how we use this data. So the first thing that we really realized is that you have to have data quality and you have to know what authoritative data is. What's the set of data, the data blocks that are foundational to the decision-making process and are supposed to represent the, the authoritative data for a specific data element? Prototyping from the business mission area, they developed a process to not only identify, integrate, and curate that authoritative data, but actually position that in a big data platform to really do the second phase, which is do the analytics and analysis of that collected data set to validate that the data has a high set of quality elements and to form those new relationships. That work is occurring both in the warfighter mission area, the business mission area, the intel area, and our enterprise information area. And these efforts are leading us to understand the quality of our data and the fruitfulness of collecting that data and deriving new data that provides better insights to mission outcomes. Now, you just mentioned a data repository, and so that the question I have is, what do you find is the most efficacious way to make the data available in one large data lake with Hadoop and all this kind of thing, which can be expensive and kind of complicated? Or do you leave data at the source and have the missions and the applications simply pull the data they might need for the job in hand, but otherwise it lives where it lives and you avoid all the cost and complexity of data lakes and data seas? Yeah, that, that's a great question, and I'll answer the first part of that, then I'll turn it over to my partner, Paul Puckett, which will describe how he leverages cloud to do sure. that. The key understanding of this is the, the, the cost and benefit of pushing data through various pipes and sources. It is our stated vision to go from the enterprise to the foxhole and back, or really for the warfighter, it's the foxhole to the enterprise and back. Those are, that's the critical vision that we set up. And so when you talk about what data to push in what direction, it depends on the environment that you're in. If you're in a denied environment, you want as few bits being processed that add to the mission outcome as possible. But if you're back in the enterprise and have robust fiber, you really have the ability to push the uh, greater set of data sets to increase the richness of that decision. Army Deputy CIO and Chief Data Officer Greg Garcia. We'll return to this discussion after a short break. I'm Tom Temin. Are you concerned about your data availability and being caught up in cyber attacks like ransomware? 
Rely on two industry leaders, ComVault and NetApp, who, together, can help you to protect and manage your data regardless of where it resides. The seamlessly integrated solutions from ComVault and NetApp make it easy to manage critical data workloads and assist you in your journey to the cloud in a simple and cost-effective way. Visit federalnewsnetwork.com, search data management to learn more. Welcome back to our third and final segment of a discussion of Army data with Lieutenant General Bruce Crawford, Army Chief Information Officer, Greg Garcia, Deputy CIO and the Army Chief Data Officer, and Paul Puckett, Director of the Army's Enterprise Cloud Management Office. Here, Puckett discusses the storage dimensions of the Army's data strategy. Your question about, you know, hey, should we store that data in a data lake that's then discoverable in some other place, or should we be uh, impacting the source of that data with what we've learned? And, and I think it's really both. Um, it's one of those things where you have to understand where if there's authoritative data that's originating from somewhere as a source, uh, and maybe you're deriving information from that data and maybe some other data that you're joining with it, you want to make sure that you're actually learning from that and that the authoritative source has access to that new information um, so that you could actually make you know, follow-on decisions where maybe you can improve the quality of data that's coming from that authoritative uh, data source. Uh, but then, really, at the end of the day, you really want all data to be, at the very least, discoverable. Now, how you secure access to that data and how you make uh, that data you know, usable uh, by any system or person really depends on what the mission is, what the workflow is, really what the outcome needs to be of the mission that you have at hand. Uh, so some of the ways that we're doing this leveraging the cloud is with the work that's happening with our execution order to get after seeing ourselves and the data that we have across the Army, as you said, the Army is big, is then the action that we need to take uh, to improve our posture with that data. And what we've got is an actual scorecard where we can evaluate just how visible and understandable and accessible uh, our data is that then helps us prioritize the actions that we need to take in order to improve uh, how we are able to then leverage that data. And typically the constraint there would be now access to compute and storage resources that would allow us to see immediate value with the actions that we take. And that's really where the world of on-demand, uh, self-service, uh, cloud computing resources come into play and why uh, the role of the cloud is so important for the Army to get after truly seeing its data to then lay the foundation of machine learning and artificial intelligence to accelerate and improve the decision-making that we have uh, to do moving forward. Now, getting to the idea of the austere environment that warfighters might actually be operating on in a, you know, in a conflict, for example, or sometimes it's not a conflict, they're just out there. And often you hear in military presentations the fact that because it is the definition in part of an austere environment is not just about the plumbing, but also about the electronic pipelines. So what do you envision as the architecture for having the maximum data, and it could be video even, you know, high data, large data sets available to those at the edge in austere environments when they don't have steady or reliable or adequate cloud reachback? So a lot of this has to do with, obviously, the source of the data, right, and then where the customer or the system is on the receiving end. Uh, and so this gets to really our flexibility in our global architecture 
uh, to be able to receive data and transmit data where it needs to be at the time it needs to be there. Uh, and so a lot of our architectures today complement this even in disconnected environments where uh, we have entirely autonomous systems that are able to downlink information, process that information, and then be able to make decisions. But when Mr. Garcia makes the comment of from the foxhole to the enterprise, back to the foxhole again, is typically these decisions are being made in a bubble because of the disconnected nature from other data that might uh, build on the context of the decision that needs to be made. Uh, and this is really with the vision with our multi-domain operations is having the network connectivity in place, having the, the data and the processing in place uh, at the right place where it needs to be so that when comms are there, we can actually gain better information and context for the decisions that we're trying to make. Uh, but in that very disconnected environment, we have the critical information that we need uh, to be effective in the decisions that we need to make, as well as timely in making those decisions. Getting back to the data itself, uh, maybe talk about some of the ways in which you protect the data uh, with respect to cybersecurity measures, such as, such as encryption and so on. Yes, sir. As you know, it's, it's important to, uh, I'll say there's two big elements of this. Encryption, absolutely, right? In use, in, uh, in transit, and uh, at, at rest, uh, there are very specific encryption strategies. But just as important is access control. Who has access to that data? Uh, we're prototyping uh, access control of data in a couple of our big data platforms to really understand uh, and lower the risk of uh, not only that data being uh, not encrypted, but who has a legitimate process to get that and to um, view that data through a two-factor, multi-factor process that ensures that the right people are looking at the right data. And another point from Army CIO Lieutenant General Bruce Crawford. Just to the discussion about securing our data, I just wanted to make one point, and I, and, and I think it's, it's relevant and, and it's important. So as you well know, we partner with uh, Lieutenant General Steve Fogarty, who's the Commanding General of Army Cyber, on all things cybersecurity. And as this discussion about data has evolved over the last, you know, 24 months or so, and really, you know, giving some deep thinking of, about our data and how we're going to secure it from encryption uh, to specifically the topic you've been discussing, the point that General Fogarty and I have been making is it's not a binary decision to protect your data or protect your networks. We have to do both. And every architecture that we design uh, and every effort that we take on has to equally address the need to protect our data and the need uh, to protect our networks. And so, because there's a lot of discussion out there about just protect the data and don't worry about the networks. And so I just wanted to make sure that I added that point, uh, that it's not a binary decision and that all of our collective efforts working with Army Cyber have to address both issues. Army CIO Lieutenant General Bruce Crawford. You also heard from Greg Garcia, the Deputy CIO and the Army's Chief Data Officer, and Paul Puckett, Director of the Army's Enterprise Cloud Management Office. To share this discussion or hear it again, go to federalnewsnetwork.com and search Federal Insights. I'm Tom Temin. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights for May, generating more value for your data. Sponsored by Commvault and NetApp on Federal News Network.